Hi, welcome to James Miller Lifeology, where you learn to simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. My name is James Miller. I'm a licensed psychotherapist and a composer. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Let's get started. If you're anything like me, your health is very important to you. I know you listen to the show for tips to simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. Well, I have some great news for you. James Miller Lifeology has partnered with BioOptimizers Nutrition. As an avid nutrition and exercise enthusiast, I thought I knew a lot. But after taking a 12-week health course BioOptimizers offers and implementing their supplements, I noticed a huge difference in my energy and my digestive tract. Since you're a listener of Lifeology Radio, BioOptimizers is offering you the same 12-week course absolutely free. Go to jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash supplements to take this free course. Here is a sample of what you'd learn. How to get 70% more energy in 30 seconds or less. The ultimate key to high performance, health, and longevity. How to turn the tide against uncontrollable food cravings. How to select the most powerful supplements for you. How to stay lean and trim without sacrifice. The simplest and fastest way to detoxification and great skin. And much, much more. To get access to this awesome health course, simply go to jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash supplements and sign up today. Once again, visit jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash supplements or simply go to jamesmillerlifeology.com. I have a great show for you today. I'm going to remind you of the importance of living a balanced life. I'll also be interviewing award-winning journalist David Figura, who is the author of So What Are the Guys Doing? A book that examines what men are doing during their midlife years and not doing and how it affects their happiness and relationships. For more information about David or to purchase his book, please visit davidfigura.com. <laughs> I have some exciting news. Did you know that I'm on the radio three times a week? You may hear me on the same station on Tuesdays at 1.30 p.m., Fridays at 9.30 a.m., and Saturdays at 12.30 p.m. You may also hear me anytime on iHeartRadio as well as on all the other major podcasting platforms, including iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and many others. Simply search for the show name, James Miller Lifeology. Are you struggling today to find your purpose? Has mediocrity set in and you can't imagine doing the same thing for the rest of your life? Are your relationships struggling or you aren't sure how to make long lasting changes in your life? Then today, contact me, James Miller. I will help you recognize the areas in your life that are going really well. And then we'll look at the areas in which you are struggling. We will create actionable solutions to help you create long lasting changes in your life. You don't have to do this alone. Go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com and click on the page, work with James. Fill out the form and it will be sent directly to me. Don't let another day go by without finding your way. Your change can start today. Once again, go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com and click on the page, work with James. Fill out that form to get started today. Living a balanced life. For those of you who've been listening to this show for quite a while, that's one of the things we really work on is how to take all areas of your life and manage it in a way that's successful, that's healthy for you. I've worked with many people throughout the years who say, I just don't have time to do this. or I don't have time to do that. And the reality is we're all incredibly busy people. But when we look at balancing our life, it's important to look at all areas of our life. When you were younger, you had a lot of hobbies. But as we aged, life circumstances changed and we didn't really have time for it anymore. When you examine your life, what happened where all of a sudden those interests that you had, perhaps the friendships or the hobbies that you enjoyed, what happened in your life where you weren't able to do them anymore or weren't able to sustain those friendships anymore? A lot of it has to do with our careers, which makes a lot of sense. I've worked with many people who have at least an hour one way for a commute. And by the time they get home, they're just incredibly exhausted or they have many kids and are not able to live a balanced life or all their time and energy goes towards raising their kids, which makes perfect sense. But it is important for us to find that balance. One thing I do is I love to read. So if I'm in between a call or in between a show, on my phone or my electronic reader, I have a book. And I may only read like a page or two, but that really helps me reset what I'm doing and kind of refreshes my mind 
so I can enjoy something that's different from my work. I'd really recommend these small little things for you as well. Whatever those hobbies were that you enjoyed, how can you incorporate them into your day, even if it was just for five minutes or even if it was for one minute? Because when you can find a reset to do something that's just specifically for you, it allows you to go back and do what you were previously doing in a more refreshed way. Another thing that people really struggle with is friendships. I know so many people that the older they get, the less friends that they have. You're going to hear a great interview today with David Figueroa, who's going to talk about this in his book. But have you ever asked? yourself, why don't I spend time with my friends anymore? How has life changed so much that you're not able to really develop those friendships or cultivate those friendships? It doesn't mean you have to see them every day or every weekend, but when do you reach out to them and just give them a simple call or say, hey, how about once a month we get together for coffee? Those are doable, but the reality is we think our life is so busy. And of course we are incredibly busy, but it's really about time allocation. Whatever is the most important thing to you is going to get your attention. But to live a balanced life, you have to move some things around a bit. And I know when some people hear this, they think, well, James, you don't know my life. And you're absolutely right. I don't know your life, but I do know the importance of living a balanced Balanced life. And so that's why I really want to just give you this quick little lesson to help you look at your life, maybe anew, to say, well, how can my life be renewed or refreshed? And that's going to be by engaging in your hobbies again, as well as redeveloping your friendships. Friendships are so important because without them, when you do have downtime, what are you going to do? So today, live a more balanced life and engage in those fun hobbies that you had before and call your friends. Did you know I have a YouTube channel? That's actually how Lifeology started. I have well over 155 episodes that I've created specifically for you. I do know that many people struggle with listening to a full 30-minute show. So these episodes are about three minutes long. Each episode will give you a practical tool or technique that you can practice daily to help you simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. Simply go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com, or go to YouTube and search for my name, James Miller Lifeology. Award-winning journalist David Figura is author of So What Are the Guys Doing, a book that examines what men are doing during their midlife years and not doing and how it affects their happiness and relationships. In addition to his life story, the book includes excerpts from interviews with more than 50 men on topics including the importance of friendship, sex, and fear of taking a risk in one's career. Welcome to my show, David. Glad to be here. It's such a pleasure. You've done so much in your life. And so I'm really looking forward to talking about your own life and the relevance of how you decided that this book was needed for this particular demographic. Yes. Um, I, I entered my late 40s, early 50s. And, you know, I, like a lot of guys, I was questioning, is this as good as it gets? Mm-hmm. And can I do better? And on all fronts, my marriage, my work, um, I was extremely lonely because I was a workaholic. I didn't set time aside for friends. And that's, I start off the book there. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's, that's one of the great things. Um, Norman Vincent Peale, who wrote one of the most well-known self-development books, talks about you find a need and you fill it. When you, there's a need in one's own life, it becomes relevant um, to the world around them as well. And so I've worked with so many individuals that are in this demographic in the midlife years um, who really struggle with friendships. As they get older, they realize that as they reach retirement or coming close to retirement, they really don't have much left over. And so really recognizing where they are in their life. And there's, like you said, in the, in the, like I read in the intro, there is that fear of what's next? What do I do next? And so I'm really excited to hear how you pinpointed each of these things to help men really recognize that there is more to their midlife. There is more that they can talk about. So this book definitely gives a great platform for that. Well, I guess the book is essentially broken up into like two, there's two strings going through. One is my story. Uh-huh. 
And the other is what the guys told me. Mm-hmm. Uh, quickly, my story was that um, I had to get my marriage in order. I was like um, tempted by an affair and mm-hmm. I jumped off the tracks at the last minute. Um, I initiated marriage counseling with my wife rather than see my marriage go down the, go down the tubes. Yeah. That was key. Saving my marriage was really key. And we are now 36 years happily married. Oh, congratulations. Be- best decision I ever made. <laughs> That's wonderful. Um, number two, I was unhappy with my job. Mm-hmm. I was a longtime journal- newspaper journalist, um, editor. Um, they were laying off people, closing a- closing my bureau. And I was wondering, what the heck? You know, yeah. why am I even in this field? And essentially, I took a risk. I basically went after something that I really enjoyed. I took a ten thousand dollars salary cut and became the paper's outdoors writer. Oh, interesting. Okay. And let me tell you, that was the best decision <laughs> I ever made, as far as job satisfaction and all. I mean, it was great. It played right to my strengths and continues to at this. To this day, I'm still doing it. Oh, that's so um, neat. So that was key. I took a risk during midlife and my career. And number three, I was a workaholic with few or any friends. And essentially, from scratch, at age 50, I formed a low-stakes poker group with a bunch of guys. Oh, I awesome. formed a um, co-ed volleyball team, initially without my wife. Now she plays on it. <laughs> this um, is a star player, I'm sure. <laughs> in addition to that, um, I joined with another guy and we formed a kind of informal horseshoe throwing group that meets every Thursday night during the summer, throws shoes and goes out and for drinks and pizza and wings afterwards. That is and so neat. Th- those three things made my life incredibly different and better. Well, let me ask you this. So to make that change, uh, to write, to take a $10,000 pay cut and to write a different type of column, how did you, how did you really come about that? I mean, obviously the, the opportunity was there, but in your mentality, in your mind to say, this is totally scary. I don't know really what I'm going to do or how this is going to pan out. How did you come up with that confidence to make that change? Well, I'll be absolutely honest with you. Um, I, I started interviewing guys for my book shortly after I did the uh, the marriage counseling thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one of the guys who I talked to said his one of the questions was, "What's your greatest fear in life?" Mm. And his answer to me was that I don't like what I do for a living. I'm unhappy doing it, and I'm 55, and I can see I've got to work at least 10 more years to pay off all my debt and loans. And my greatest fear is something's going to come along that I really should do, that even if, you know, it'd be less money, um, if I don't take it, my greatest fear is I won't have the guts to take it and I'll retire Mm. miserable and be kicking myself all throughout my work career. And then three weeks later, the outdoor writer job came available because the writer retired early because of health reasons. And I'm a spiritual person. Mm And I kind of looked up to God and said, you know what? Okay, I hear you. Yes. What a serendipitous I'm, I'm moment. Gonna, I'm going to take a risk here. Yes. I'm going to take a risk. And it took some negotiations with my wife to convince her that, you know, the $10,000 salary cut was worth it to make me happy. Mm-hmm. And um, she supported me. And that was key. 
Well, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think, you know, for those individuals who do have spouses or do have a, a great support network, that obviously is going to be very helpful for that. But as you know, boiling down to it, it's the choice that the individual makes. You know, obviously you and your wife made it together, but those individuals who don't have that really have to to find that support group, have to find those individuals just about some ideas off of, because sometimes we need that confidence. We need that confidence booster to say, you know what? If it is going to make you happy and it's healthy for you, make that choice. Worst case scenario, you could always go back to that or find something that was equivalent to your previous job as well. So I think it is really important that recognizing what has worked or what we've been doing for so long doesn't mean it's working. It just simply means we're doing it. So looking to thrive instead of just exist is, is a, if I can piggyback off of what you're saying, is a really good way to kind of reframe the situation. Am I just existing or am I really thriving in what I'm doing? Right. And and one of the key things that I write about this in my book and all three of those categories, my marriage, my job, and thank God for my wife for supporting me on all this stuff. And the whole thing with friends is I actually came up with this expression and I wrote it on a a note card back in, you know, when I turned 51 and it's currently on my bathroom mirror and it applied in all three cases. I I simply wrote, it won't happen unless I do it. Mm. And And every time my wife would say, like, you're unhappy, you're complaining. Why don't you read what you wrote? You know, it's like, (laughs) why, why don't you do something about it rather than sitting and complaining, standing around and complaining about it? And and it really helps me. Every once in a while, I look at it and say, okay, yeah, it's not going to happen unless I do it. Mm -hmm. The actionable component. Exactly. We can talk about all we want. What do they say? A, A plan or a dream without a plan is simply a wish. It's the same type right. of thing. It's without that movement, that forward movement, then yeah, it is just a wish. And that's, we'll never be able to really a- a- achieve that goal that we have. Right. And, um, you know, and it was like, when I started interviewing these guys, you know, certain things kept coming up. And, and I, I think as the book go, gets into, one of the key things that just kept amazing me was the guy's answers to the question, apart from your wife, apart from someone in your family, Who's your best friend and when's the last time you did anything with them? Wow. And I could not believe the number of guys. And once again, the demographic I interviewed, all walks of life between like 40 and 60 years of age, mm-hmm. you know, getting not all, but a, a lot of them said things like, I don't need friends. I've got my wife. Oh, interesting. Wow. That's really um, interesting. You know, and, and, and what was interesting is that it was like, Either they denied the relevance of friends or didn't want to see it or refused to act upon it. And I mean, one of the big things I, if if nothing else, you walk away after reading this book, you know, in addition to seeing what other guys say about all the topics you're interested in, but it's like good friends make for a good life. Mm -hmm. And that is really something that I think a lot of women more often than not get than the guys. Yes. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting because so many people will look for their spouse to fulfill 100% of their life. And yes, that's a primary person in their life. And yes, they fulfill so many areas in one's life, but there is going to be a part for that camaraderie and other aspects that unfortunately one spouse will not be able to fill that particular need. And it is surprising to me to hear that so many people uh, from your sample group didn't necessarily think that they needed that friendship. Oh, it's uh, the research. I've I, I read other articles and books about this, and it's just like, I just came to this conclusion. And, and I used to I, I actually ask guys, do you think your wife or your girlfriend is handling these years better than you are? And more often than not, these guys would agree. Uh. 
And then, but they still doing, don't see the connection, though, of having. Yeah, they're doing girlfriend getaways. They're going out yeah. every Thursday night for drinks. They're playing, you know, softball with the girls, and and the guys are like, I don't know. It's just, mm-hmm. it just sort of amazed me. And not all guys. Sure, sure, I get but that. But it's really just, you know, they stop joining. I mean, mm-hmm. you look at the service clubs. Um, I, it's like, <laughs> I I don't know what's happened. Yeah, with all this, that yeah. So no, that got that friends are no longer important. Because I always yeah. think of like maybe my grandfather's time and um, you know people being part of certain lodges or like you said like the Masons or those different types of organizations. That's just an example. But there was seemed to be a lot more of that. Perhaps I'm totally naive with that, but it seemed like more people were part of some type of club in that respect. Right, right, and, and I wonder I, why that's changed. I, you know, economically, um, and then I think a lot of guys have this like uh, martyrdom thing where they're the breadwinner and it's got to be all work and that comes mm. first. And and women get the balance thing more than, than guys, I sure. think, more often than not. They, they're, they're multitasking with childcare and all this stuff. And, you know, I'd say things like, okay, um, who's your wife's best friend? And she'd say, oh, it's Sally. They go for a walk every morning. <laughs> or, you know, and I'd say, like, is she working full time? Yes. Hmm. Any more hours than you are? No, about the same. How come she can make time for it and you can't? That's a great question. And I, the answers I get was like, well, women are more genetically inclined or it's more socially acceptable to have friends. And so justification. I, I don't know. It, just, it was like. I just, that was one of the real eye-openers for me in this book that... Yeah, as I'm hearing that as well, I'm, I'm very surprised. And as I'm, I'm in the earlier or the younger demographic that you mentioned, but that's good information for me to be like, all right, James, make sure that you don't fall into... I mean, there's not better or worse, but for me, what's healthier for me, of course, is going to be to have my camaraderie. I mean, there's a guy, I think his name is... I hope I got his name right. Thomas Putnam, he's a, a sociologist from mm-hmm. Harvard. Yeah, he wrote Putnam, this yeah. book called Bowling Alone. And this whole thing about um, social capital, you know, he writes, it's a sociological term. It's just like, Uh reduced to its simplest terms, it's like, okay, I help you tear down your porch this weekend. And if I need to borrow your truck to move my kids to another apartment, there's no problem. I can have it any (laughs) time. You know, it's Mm, like, that's what what life's all about, (laughs) you know, with its friendships. And doing it you know helping each other out being there for when something goes bad or wrong and just not completely focusing on you know your wife for everything and i i just like i said i think that's something that men really need to work on not only in the midlife but you know into retirement exactly and i was going to ask you that specifically switching to the retirement factor when you find that men at that age have retired what are they what were some of the things that they were saying they were doing because if their wife is retired as well and running around with her girlfriends or doing different things, what were they doing? That's pretty much my next book. Oh. <laughs> well, good. Well, <laughs> interviewing guys in the their 60s because <laughs> I had a guy argue with me at a book signing saying, my wife and I do everything together. Hmm. And I think I felt like, man, this guy's life is out of balance. Yeah. Yeah, and exactly. there's a lot of guys who are like that. Mm-hmm. And I actually said this at a uh, woman's book club with like 30 members. And I said, you know, you women talk in code. Whenever I hear the expression, my husband, my boyfriend, he needs a hobby. You know what the translation is? I, as a woman, have my friends and have my life outside of my marriage. My son needs, a, my, 
my husband needs to get off his butt and go out and find some friends and some activities of his own because he's focusing entirely on me providing all his social activities and fun. Yes. And And that's exhausting. They gave gave me an ovation. Oh, really? (laughs) That's hysterical. But it's like, that is so common. I'm telling you. It's crazy. Yeah, that 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 really is. And yeah, we'll definitely uh, definitely have you back on my show to talk about this next week because I think that's a really important factor as well as what do you do now after you've retired? Right, right, right. And and the whole thing is about how I even came up with the book title. Mm, It's like you know when and it it came from the the movie Eat, Pray, Love. Uh I guess. And then I, I I asked people when that came about. I said, Wow, okay. All right, well, this woman's out getting her groove back. Mm-hmm. All these women are taking risks in midlife, taking new changes and directions. So what are the guys doing? And and it just sort of stuck. And I said, wow, that really sums up what I'm getting at and what I'm writing about. Yeah. So with the book itself, so we have your personal story, and then you have the 50 excerpts, if yeah. you will, of the interviews of these other individuals. When people read it, what what is the biggest takeaway you want them to have? Well, you know, the thing is, I tried not to pontificate mm-hmm. and give 10 things that middle-aged guys should do, because I, I, don't, I don't subscribe to those books, and I, sure. I read them halfway, and I just put them aside. Mm-hmm. My, I, wrote, I wrote like little vignette stories about, you know, on all these topics about what guys, you know, talked about and in their personal life. And my take, what I'd like guys to take away is, they read this and they say, Either something I said or something somebody else said, they go, oh, my gosh, Ah. that's me. Or, oh, my gosh, I feel sorry for that dude. (laughs) Holy cow. Glad I'm not him. And then thirdly, oh, my gosh, that's inspiring. Maybe I should do something different. Yes. And I like all three of those things. They're all very powerful. Yeah. And that like that guy who inspired me to take the outdoor writer's job. Mm Mm-hmm. And I reread that transcript and I said, you know what? It's like I felt God put him there to talk to me and to give me a little nudge. You know, it's so interesting from a spiritual standpoint. And, you know, all my listeners have different versions of that. But the way I look at it is when we whatever we need, we usually we usually get it right then. In other words, it was time for you to make this transition. This person spoke into your life, and all of a sudden, this opportunity came up shortly after. And so I always like to think that everything in our life, when it's time to have it, it's brought into our life. And I don't mean that in a, in a coincidental way, but I, I like to think of that more in a serendipitous way, more of a fortuitous way, more of a divine way, if you will. It's, it's, I use right. that word very loosely. But I always love to hear those stories of that moment that really changed one's life, that really caused them to have that aha moment to literally transform their life or to move their life in a different direction. So thank you for sharing that story with us. I think it's absolutely inspiring. That's wonderful. Now, so with your book, when, when I look at this overall, you know, I, I work with a lot of individuals who are in this demographic, 50, 56 years old. The transition from the young, boisterous, um, manly, and I use that word in air quotes, a version of who they were versus who they are now, you know, you have, you have andropause. In other words, the testosterone and all these different parts of their, of their um, the chemicals in their body are not produced they were like they were when they were younger. When you look at, the maturity of a, of a man versus when they were younger, how are you finding that the self, self-esteem self component was really starting to change for these individuals who are in your book? Well, I mean, there was one thing, I guess, that Gil Sheehy wrote about it in the older passages. I did a lot of, I, little, I read a lot of books before I wrote mine mm-hmm. about this topic and about guys in their 50s. And one of the things that I see is that guys go from, who make a, 
what I call positive change during these years, and I had to make it, is they go from seeing everything as competition to changing to connecting. Mm. And yeah. when you drop that, that you're not always in competition with guys, yes. you know, and that alpha male component, sure. Yeah, right. And it's like, hey, you know what? It's not important that I beat you in tennis tonight. It's important that we got together, we had a good time, and we're having a drink afterwards. And, and there's a difference in that mm-hmm. of guys who say, I just want to go and play tennis and I want to beat James Miller in tennis today. <laughs> and I'm going to go right home and I'll feel good about it, you know? <laughs> No, seriously, but no, I mean, you yeah. see that and you yeah. see that and it's a whole thing about connecting. So even with your, uh, the new things that you're doing, the, the volleyball, the poker, the, the horseshoe, all of that, it sounds like your, your group has really identified with that as far as a camaraderie component, as opposed to the competitive part of it. Oh yeah. I was, I was very open from the word go. We're not about winning Good. the YMCA championship and the whole thing about low stakes poker. Yeah. It's exactly. like, what's the buy-in going to be? 50, a hundred dollars. And I said, no, $5. Yeah. You can't lose more than $5. Mm-hmm. And I was, and the guys were like incredulous. Like, why would I waste my time? <laughs> and then afterwards, these guys who are members, and we've had a club for about going on 10, 11 years. Oh, wow. They said, this is the most fun I've ever had for $5. Oh, my gosh. That's great. And, wow. you know, we BS. We do all sorts of things, talk politics. We uh-huh. exchange personal things. Um, we have like a, a snack happy hour before we play. And fun. It's just, you know, and if some guy gets wiped out, then someone says, oh, here's a dollar. Keep playing. Oh, you know, that's the whole awesome. idea is just yeah. to keep them playing. Ah, oh, that's great. That's and, very inspiring. You know, I especially, you know, especially if the, the, my younger demographic who's listening to this, you know, I, I think it's so important to really listen to what David is saying and to really make sure that as you get older in your own life, that you follow through with the tenets of his book, as far as you really create that, that camaraderie with your friends, really try and be involved in additional extra, extracurricular activities, because you will find that it's fulfilling. So I definitely wanted to give a little shout out to my younger listeners to make sure that they really listen to your wisdom, David. Well, it's nothing else. Like you live in a city and you don't know too many people and you join like a kickball league or mm-hmm. something like that. And suddenly your car is on the bum and like, oh, my God, who do I take my car to? to I don't know anybody in this town. I don't know who the best mechanics are. Yeah. And you talk to someone on your kickball team and they say, oh, take it to my mechanic. I mean, it's, it's like social capital, once again. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, even as a young, in your 20s, 30s, you need friends to help you through a lot of things. Oh, and if nothing else, when things really go wrong, who do you go to? Yeah, exactly. You know, who do you go to? And uh, whether you're young or old, it's great to have that, that network of, of friends. And don't put that on the shelf and say it's not important. Yes. Because it's important at any age. Yes, I agree with you 100%. Well, David, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on my show today. If my listeners would like to find out more information about you, about your books, specifically the book we talked about. So what are the guys doing? Where would they find this information online? Uh, you can buy on, you know, Amazon.com or Barnes and Noble. There's an ebook available as well as an audio book. And also you can go to my website, David J as in John, David J Figura at F-I-G-U-R-A, David J Figura.com. <laughs> Perfect. So David, what I'm also going to do is I'm going to put your book. So what are the guys doing on my website? So once again, if my listeners aren't able to find it on Barnes and Noble or 
at um, Amazon, simply go to jamesmillerlifeology.com and you will see David's book there. So what are the guys doing as well? David, thank you once again for being a guest on my show today. It was an absolute pleasure getting to know you and really listening to your wisdom today. So thank you. Thank you, James, for having me. Appreciate it. I also want to thank you, the listener, for tuning in today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you joined with us today, or please go to my website where you may sign up for my free newsletter, watch my YouTube episodes, read the articles I've written specifically for you, or you may enroll in the Lifeology Academy where you can take self-directed courses which will help you simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. If you'd like to personally work with me, be a guest on or advertise on this show, simply visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. Once again, thank you so much for your support and I'll talk to you soon.